Beloved, you are listening to Grace Life Komi Podcast, a platform commissioned by God to raise men into completeness in Christ Jesus. We believe that you will be blessed beyond measure as you give yourself wholly to this divinely inspired teaching. Through God's servant Pastor Chimdi Ohahuna. Grace to you, Jesus is Lord. So let's go into living from the spirit man. Now over the years, saints have not been taught well enough to live from their spirit man. That's one of the challenges we've had. You see, um, we try to sometimes, but before you know, we get out of it. Are you getting what I'm saying? Um, before you know, we either get into the sensual or the soulish realm. We have maintained the soulish realm so much. But though we are trying to actually say we are talking the spirit realm, are you getting what I'm saying? But we have not really focused on that seriously, are you getting what I'm saying? Now, um, we have been made aware of the Holy Spirit, very much aware, you know, we made very, that one, I, I, we, we have, the, the, a good work has been done. There's only some sect among the Christian faith that do not have the full awareness of the person of the Holy Spirit, are you getting what I'm saying? They believe they do, but they actually don't. But I think, a little job has been done on that. Why I say little is that there is no end to the work. The work continues. We keep getting ourselves more aware of the person of the Holy Spirit. One of the jobs of the devil is to make sure that we get less aware of the Holy Spirit. Are you get what I'm saying? All right. We did a, a, a study on um, on the Holy Spirit for about a year. We didn't, we didn't finish that for said. We didn't finish the symbol. So. Amen. Uh, but on just part of it, we were able to get... Um, a workbook of over 500 pages. There's still so much backlog work to be done. I will pray the Lord helps us to look at some of those works and then go back to them. Amen. Amen. All right. So a lot of work, has, a good work has been done on the Holy Spirit, but there's still more to be done. Amen to Jesus. It's not just about telling us about the Holy Spirit, but creating a serious awareness. People know about the Holy Spirit, but they are not much aware of the Holy Spirit. They're not sensitive to the Holy Spirit. They're not conscious of the Holy Spirit. Are you getting what I'm saying? If saints become more aware, I'm talking about awareness. You know, some of the time we're talking about awareness, people just th- think it's just telling people about something. No, awareness goes beyond telling people about something. It's making them more conscious of the thing. That's why it's called an awareness to be more conscious. To, okay, some people, you 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 you, be, you could be saying something, but people are not more aware. They are not aware of it because they are not. They just be hearing it pass through their ears. Or they've been seeing it, they've been walking past and seeing it. But the awareness comes in where you're like, oh, so okay, you mean? Are you get what I'm saying? Yeah, so we need more awareness of the person of the Holy Spirit. Very, very important. Amen. And we have done that. We've been able to teach on the Holy Spirit, but we are still teaching. And then the next is that we have been we have also been um, um made aware of our soul, but more aware, you know, more awareness needs to be done. Are you get what I'm saying? But we discovered that over the years. The emphasis has been on the Holy Spirit and on our soul. And then the next thing that we shift to is our body. Are you getting what I'm saying? So we talk about the soul. We talk, we talk about the power of the mind. Now, if you look at the church age between the, I think the 90s, the 90s, the 90s, down to the 2000s, the church began, became so aware of the mind. You, everywhere you turn around, it was the mind, the mind, the mind, the power of the mind, the power of the mind, the power of the mind, the mind, the mind, the mind. We became so mind conscious in those periods. And then, you know, 
that's where many of the people that began to shine began to shine most of the wisdom nuggets that we say that 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 that, that, that you know um came to public like to limelight came in that season of the mind the mind so those who could actually use their mind to get things working were the ones who were calling the shots especially in the christian faith and then we had a lot of a lot of ministers who were were becoming came to limelight because of the you know the emphasis of the mind now we must understand that these things are not wrong but we must understand the face of god's move at the time are you get what i'm saying that face was very important are you get what i'm saying look at the point that the church was becoming we are not spiritual see after the first church there was a dwindle we're not actually spiritual we had we were we were let me see what more of more or less um hypocritical a form of godliness denying the power therein we had a we had a form of spirituality but we're not actually spiritual i get what i'm saying so the awakening the the reset the rebooting that god had to do for us was to awaken our minds i get what i'm saying because that form of godliness and denying the power made us concentrate so much on eternity in view heaven at last um rapture and we're so let me use the word et, um, heaven conscious and earthly irrelevant and if god needs to god needed us here because of the important thing he needed us to do and so that was the reason for the awakening of the mind it was a very important season in the church i get what i'm saying but now one of the things in the church is that we don't know how to transit some of the times number two we don't know when to transit and number three we don't even know why we should transit so sometimes we are locked up in a move are you get what i'm saying we are locked up in a move and we are just there comfortable are comfortable and when people when we want to transit people begin to fight why should you transit are you get what i'm saying why should you transit why should you transit this is where we must be build three tabernacles one for you one for moses one for elijah you chill out here on the mountain and jesus said that's what i called you to do i didn't call you to come and end your destiny and your ministry on the mountain here with me go there are more tabernacles to build out are you get what i'm saying all right so we don't know we, we, so we discovered that we don't know how to transit when to transit now why we have transit and then some of the times the reason why we don't know how when and why we transit because we don't know what next to transit to so because we could let me the word manage to finally get here ah this will be our rest though we don't know what lies ahead so let's just stay here relax it's good it's good yeah but there was an awakening of the spirit man done by the person of um reverend dr kenneth e hegin read his book the three-dimensional man read his books they are basically the sp spirit oriented book are you get what i'm saying now so there was an awakening that god was finding then are you getting me but the church could not catch it we couldn't catch it so what did god do like i said we're in this in this in the season of um um having a sense of god led but line the power that we we're just in the middle point so god all right had to bring about an awakening in our mind you know something to bring about revolution the purpose of the mind, mental awakening was not for us to live in the mental realm in the soul realm because that's where we have stayed for long because not only for us to understand how to operate in the soul realm so we can actually fully maximize the spirit realm i hear what i'm saying but we did not get to understand that 
So we just relax at the soul realm and refuse to enter into the purpose for awakening the what? The soul realm. It was actually for the spirit realm, not for us to chill out at the soul realm. I think that it 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 caused a problem. That's why I see that Christians want to feel something to be spiritual, and there are these many hula balloons and many things about being spiritual and being a spirit man. And that's why we have people who have come in these in these times by right they came with a mandate to awaken the world, the spirit man. But they came and made it more complicated. Somebody once said, he said, a communicator will take something simple and make it complex. Why? A teacher will make, take something complex and make it simple. So the, 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 all the hula, the hula balloons and the talks of dimensions, realms, portals, all those things, where God trying to, their God trying, their God, their God's move to make us aware of the spirit man who we are, because we have actually left that 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 season of soul awareness. Any Christian that is not aware of the mind now, so the power of the mind now, we need to backtrack him. In my age, in my generation, any Christian that is not aware, you don't know the power of the mind. You don't know. You need to backdate you. We need to take you back for you to go and do some reading. And some serious work they will not bring you back to our time. The season we are in is that awakening was for the soul, for the, the soul awakening was for us to be to, to really be a spirit man awakening. But now the people that are meant to be causing this awakening, they didn't they are not doing it the way Kenetagin did it. For them, maybe they feel that Kenetagin's way was too simple. But I think I like those simple ways. Because in the simplicity of ways, we saw manifestations of the spirit like never before in this ministry. We saw it. I get what I'm saying. All right. So all this plenty complication is just man trying to make complex the simple information God has given them, which is what awaken the awareness of what the spirit man. It's as simple as that. So I I pray that they just come as simple as it is. I'm saying it. The awareness of the spirit man. That's all. That is as simple as that. I get what I'm saying. So, after the after the likes of the Hagen, you see, um, Pastor Christian Clement tried a lot about that. You know what I'm saying? You know, the spirit man, the spirit man, but the gap of the soul just came in. And then, the next thing I'm supposed to do is they are made it very complicated for us. And so, you can see that not much work has been done in this aspect. But the work has to be done. Are you get what I'm saying? Because for the for, for saints to really manifest their kingship here on earth, no, it's not non-negotiable. We have to manifest in with the fullness of the awareness of our spirit, man. Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah to Jesus. Now, although the emphasis on the soul and the body um, are not, you know, wrong. In fact, they are correct. Are you get what I'm saying? But they are not complete. In fact, the emphasis of the, on the Holy Spirit, the soul and the body, they are not wrong. They are actually correct, but they are not complete. Are you getting what I'm saying? Because for the man, for the, for, the, for, the, for, the, for the child of God, for the new creation to manifest God, it has the complete emphasis, which is what emphasis on the Holy Spirit, the spirit man, the soul, and the word body. But if the emphasis is only placed on the Holy Spirit, 
then we jump to the soul and we jump to the body then we discover that we cannot manifest that's why it looks like we, we have been asking ourselves how come we have been preaching a lot but we are not manifesting because there have been a shift from the holy spirit to the soul and the body and we jump to the spirit and so the person that is supposed to manifest we do not make ourselves aware of him we don't teach about the, the person and so how do we manifest I get what I'm saying. Yes. Praise God forevermore. Yes. Hallelujah to Jesus. Yes. The spirit man is a real man. He is the man. He is who? The man. When God made Adam in his image and likeness, it was Adam's body, that is Adam's flesh, that was formed from the dust. We see this in Genesis 2 verse 7. I get what I'm saying. It was Adam's flesh that God formed from the dust. Amen. Amen. The spirit of man was not created by God. Are you getting what I'm saying? In creation. The spirit of man was not created by God in creation. Are you getting me? It was part of the bread. That's the neshama of God. The word, the word for bread there, the Hebrew for bread is neshama. It was part of the breath of God, which God breathed into Adam. Are we together? Now, until the spirit man came into Adam, he was a lifeless statue. Now, Adam was not a bag of dust. Because for you to have that form, there must be some liquid inside. Are you getting what I'm saying? There must be some liquid. And um, number two, for him to be formed, it was, liquid, it was liquid mixed with dust to form a what? A statue. You get it? And so he was actually a statue on the ground. Are you get what I'm saying? That's the reason why um, when people make statues of anything, they take themselves to the Adam before breath, to the man before breath. Are you get what I'm saying? When you make statue of anything and you worship it, you are taking yourself to the man that was created before. It was, it was not even a living soul. Are you get what I'm saying? That's the level you take yourself. The Bible says. And they have and talking about those who worship idols, say they have eyes, the idols have eyes, they do not see, they have ears, they do not hear. Say they that worship them are like what are like them. So imagine you molding, sculpting something either from clay, from cement, from wood, and you bow to it. It means that you have taken yourself to that man that was formed before those before before the breath. So you are taking yourself to a lifeless, a lifeless being. Because they that worship them ally them. It's as simple as that. So we want to talk about idolatry most of the time. When we see some in some faith, in some you know um, sect, some faith where they, they bow before something that was carved or sculpted, it's simple. You are just taking yourself to that face. When God has taken you by right as a human being, God has even taken you past the fallen Adam. If you get born again, you are now a new creation. You now want to take yourself to before the Adam became a living soul. That's not a good place to take ourselves to. Praise God forevermore. Now, so when the Spirit came into Adam, he was a lifeless statue. Genesis 2, verse 7 says, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a what? A living soul. Are we together? Now, so this means that the Spirit of God and man are inseparable. That word breath there is the word neshama. And neshama means spirit. It means soul. It means the Holy Spirit. 
you know it means inspiration divine inspiration mind are you get what i'm saying so the soul of man the spirit of man and the spirit of god is what comprises neshama are you get what i'm saying if you can separate the only thing that can separate the spirit and the soul is the word of god are you get what i'm saying hebrews 4 said the word of god is quick and powerful sharper than any twelve swords, piercing into the dividing of the soul and the spirit and setting the deep intent of man you get what i'm saying it's only the word of god that can separate the two but aside the word of god they are inseparable are you get what i'm saying now same also by virtue of creation the spirit of man and the spirit of god are inseparable they are one So um, the spirit of God and the spirit of man are inseparable. So when Adam sinned, his spirit did not die because what? Spirits are eternal beings who will be judged after life on earth. So they did not die. Yeah, the spirit, the, the spirit man is an eternal being. Same is the soul. The soul is an eternal being. They, they, they don't die. They'll be judged after life here on earth. It's the, the spirit and the soul either goes to heaven on the go to hell so they don't die are you get what i'm saying so when adam seen the spirit not that when the bible says um they shall eat of it that day you die praise god forevermore now so when we say when god said the day of it that day you die now from a physical standpoint let's look at it like the bible says peter said for a thousand days a, a thousand years are but a day in the eyes of the lord and a day is but a thousand years in the eyes of the lord now so if a thousand years is but a day and god told adam the day you eat of it you die Adam lived for 930 years. Yeah, that means he didn't live up to a thousand years. That means he didn't live up to what? One day. So he died in a day. Are, are we together? But now, that is from that analysis. Then, now from the spiritual, because we've been told that when Adam ate it, he died spiritually. But spirits don't die. Because if he died, if you say he died spiritually, that means if the spirit died, that means there will be no eternity for the spirit. Are you get what I'm saying? Now, and um, we talk about spiritual death, which is eternal damnation. That's another aspect of it. Are you get what I'm saying? But now, um, the, the aspect of eternal damnation well, is not what we are talking about in this, as in this subject of Adam's death. Are you get what I'm saying? Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah to Jesus. Amen. All right. Now, so when Adam sinned, his spirit did not die. Praise God. What rather happened when Adam sinned was that the spirit of God separated from the spirit of Adam. The spirit of God did what? Separated from the spirit of Adam. Remember, we said the spirit of God is one with the spirit of man and the soul of man. That's Neshama. But when Adam sinned, sin separated the spirit of God from the spirit of Adam. Now, we said that the only thing that can separate the soul and the world spirit is what the word of god but the only thing that can separate the spirit of god from the spirit of man is what is sin are you get what i'm saying and when this happened it made the spirit of adam what depraved and it made him what a fallen man as a result of that he made him what dead towards god are you getting me so that death towards god is the death that adam experienced now if you go through even the book of genesis after then 
God, the Bible says the cool of evening, the Lord used to come and speak to them. You get what I'm saying? But after then, the Lord never spoke to them again. Now, for them to speak with God, they have to use sacrifices. Are you get what I'm saying? They have to lay an altar and then speak to God with an altar. Are you get what I'm saying? Now, that's why in one of our studies, we've got to understand that in the new creation, we don't rear altars. We are the altars. And your spirit man is the altar. Are you get what I'm saying? Your spirit man is also, you don't need to read an altar. They say, read an altar. You know that your spirit man is the altar. Why? Because altars were, bait, were points of communication to God. Are you getting what I'm saying? That's for the Old Testament. And that's as a result of the fact that man, Adam's spirit, had separated from the Holy Spirit. So he was dead towards God. And that death. Now, let me explain understand something also. Let's, let, let, let's understand something. Now, from Malachi till Matthew, it was called what? The Dark Ages. It spanned for about 400 years or more. Why? That period was a period where there was no word from God any longer. God was not speaking to any prophet. What makes, a, what makes for darkness and death? The absence of God's word. When you cannot hear God again, you are dead towards God. Now, when, what is paralysis? Paralysis is what? The death of what? A part of the what? Body is that not so? Now, um, um, a minister of the gospel said when he was doing his um, his um, his internship, he said one day he was looking for blood up and down, in you know, and then his, his one of his professors called him and told him to go and check one guy's leg. He said, I looked at the guy's leg and he discovered that that guy's one of his leg was getting black, the other leg was normal, and he was like, ah, and it, and and his professor told him, he told him, that leg is dead. And he said, what happened? He said, and a, a vein that sent blood to the leg. The guy had an accident and the vein got hot. And he did not do anything about it. So blood supply stopped. And the leg died. The leg was still in the body, connected to the body, but the leg was what? Dead. What brings about death? No supply of blood. And what is the supply of blood to, to the spirit man? It is the word of God. The word of God is quick. The word quick, there's a Greek word, zao, which means what? Alive. The word of God is alive and powerful. So when there is no supply of God's word again to the spirit man of a man, that man, that spirit man is already what? Dead towards God. It's as simple as that. The spirit, if you are saying the word I say to your word, they are spirit and their life. So once there's no supply of God's word again, it's death towards God. It's death towards God. So when the communication ended in Eden, that was when Adam died. His spirit was dead towards God. Are you getting what I'm saying? And that's what we call what a depraved spirit. It's, and the spirit of God separated from the spirit of Adam. Are you getting what I'm saying? Now, so it makes us understand that only the nature of sin can separate the spirit of God from the spirit of man. Nothing else can separate the spirit of God from the spirit of man. Not even the man itself. It's only the nature of sin. Are you know what I'm saying? Yes. Once the nature of sin comes into the picture, the spirit of God separates from the spirit of man. Praise God forevermore. Now this was what David knew and understood when he prayed to God not to take his spirit from him. Are we together? Yes. Now it is actually Bible scholars believe that David made this prayer after he was convicted by the Lord through prophet Nathan of his sin of adultery with Uriah's wife and his mother of Uriah. 
Are we together? Now, David knew what happened to Adam. Are you getting me? When Adam sinned and took the nature of sin, are you getting what I'm saying? He knew that God separated his spirit from Adam. And David did not want the same to happen to him because, why? Only him and John the Baptist were the two people in the Old Testament who had the Holy Spirit indwelling them. Are we together? He knew that once the Spirit of God is separated from your spirit man, separated, it is, it is once it's indwelling you and is separated, supply of life ends. So your spirit man is dead towards God. Are you getting what I'm saying? Praise God forevermore. Now, Psalm 51 verse 11, David said, Cast not away from thy presence and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Amen to Jesus. Now, take note of the word nature of sin. Use, not sin. Are you getting what I'm saying? I use the word nature of sin, not sin. Because we need to understand the difference between the nature of sin and sin. Sin is the act. Are you getting what I'm saying? But the nature is what gives birth to the act. Without the nature, there will be no sin. Are you getting what I'm saying? And it is not sin that makes a sinner sin a sinner. It is the nature of sin that makes the sinner what? A sinner. So, when a sinner even does good, it is still a sin. Because of the nature in him. He's a nice person. He's a philanthropic person. He does good. But it is still a sin before God. Why? Because our righteousness are but what? Feel the wrath. Why? Because the nature of sin makes everything we do sin. Once we have, once we have that nature. Are you getting what I'm saying? <coughs> A person that has a hand filled with grease, maybe a mechanic, that has a hand, his hand filled with grease. Bring white cloth to him, it is white, it is fine, his hand also. When he touches the white cloth, it becomes what? It becomes dirty. Why? Because the cloth was good, but his, his cloth was fine, but his hand was what? Dirty. So it is not what we do that defines whether we are righteous or unrighteous. Whether we are sinners or righteous people, it is the nature we have that defines that. So a sinner, by nature, does something good, it is still unrighteous. So, but that's not fair before God. That is God's justice system. Why? Because life operates on nature. And it's the reason why those are saying that they, they, they were born males, and they started going and started feeling that they were females. And they say they want to start behaving like females. No matter how they do, they like they mutilate and they mutilate and they whatever late and they, they take um, hormones and whatsoever. At the end of the day, the man cannot still get pregnant. No matter the dra- no matter the what he does, he cannot still get pregnant. It's as simple as that. Are you getting what I'm saying? Why? Because it's nature that determines the output. Not the output determining what? The nature. Are you getting what I'm saying? So the nature of sin is a key factor here. When Adam sinned, he fell from the nature of God into the nature of the devil. That's what happened. Fell from the nature of God to the nature of what? The devil. This nature of God which Adam fell from is the glory of God. We see this in Romans 3 verse 23 says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That's the nature that God gave to man. You see, when we talk about the nature of, when we talk about the righteousness of God, when we talk about uh, the holiness of God, 
what else again? Every that thing that talks about the ju the the justice and the um, goodness and every of God, they all encapsulate the glory of God. I get what I'm saying. <clears throat> For all have seen and come short of what the glory of God. They say they came short of the righteousness of God. They say they came short of the holiness of God. Now, because when we talk about sin, what we think about is holiness. We think about what righteousness. Are you get what I'm saying? He's a righteous man. Righteous man is to do right. Is to be right standing before God. Holiness is to be set apart. That's what holiness means to be set apart for the Lord. Holiness is not about wearing long hair, wearing short hair, and wearing long clothes. It's about being set apart from God. Are you get what I'm saying? All right. And when you are set apart from God, for God, you, your lifestyle is set apart from God because every Nazarene had rules applied to his life. You can't just do the way other people do. Are you get what I'm saying? All right. Now, so. It's not about, it says, for all that sin has come short of the glory of God. You say they come short of the righteousness of God. You say they come short of the word, holiness of God. Why? Because the holiness of God, the righteousness of God, they are all inside His glory. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 3, verse 18, as we beheld in a mirror, the glory of the Lord were changed into the same image from what? Glory to glory. We're changing to the same word. Image is an issue of image. Image has to do with nature. Are you getting what I'm saying? To the same image. From what? From glory to glory. So the glory is the very nature of God. Inside the glory of God is His righteousness, is His holiness, is His purity, is His love. Are you getting what I'm saying? Is His power. Are you getting what I'm saying? So when Adam fell from the glory of God, he fell from the righteousness, the holiness, the love. The purity and the what else again? All the long list of God and fell into that of the devil. Are you get what I'm saying? So when you fall from the glory of God, you fall into the shame of the devil. Are you get what I'm saying? And this is these are all nature. The nature of the devil is the nature of shame. That's sin. Sin, sin, sin is this nature of sin is shame. Because sin brings shame. Sin is just shame. Adam, where are thou? He said, I heard that voice and I hid myself because I was naked. Why? Before they said they were naked but not ashamed. Now he was ashamed because he was naked. Why? Because he fell from glory and he entered into shame straight. Shame is the proof of sin. The nature of sin and complete shame. Shame is, shame is the, it's just all about nobody who is doing righteously will be ashamed. Nobody who is, being holy, who is living holy will be ashamed. That's how the book will say, I am not ashamed of the gospel. Because this thing is holy, is righteous, is the power of God unto salvation, both of the world, Jews and the Gentiles. This when you, this gospel, this gospel reveals the nature of God. So you are to be bold and proud about it. That's why he said, I'm not ashamed of it. But anything other than the gospel, it brings the nature of the devil to, to manifestation. So you are ashamed of it. Even those that do some of those things, they have to take some drugs before they do it. Because the human shame is the, the, the shame that nature brings, that sin, the nature of sin brings is already there. I know what I'm saying. Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah to Jesus. So Adam fell from what? The glory of God, which is the nature of God, into what? Sin, which is the nature of the devil. And it's a shame of shame of the devil. Are you get what I'm saying? Praise God forevermore. Now, so it is the nature of the devil that makes sin the nature of the fallen man. 
and the disobedience of adam made this nature of the devil the lot of all humans born into the world by adam so you understand are we together nature of the devil makes what sin the nature of the fallen man are you getting me and the disobedience of adam now made this nature our property from birth are you getting what i'm saying all right adam was never saved and never needed salvation are you getting what i'm saying because he was made a perfect man in the image and likeness of god adam was neither god nor man he was a perfect man are you getting what i'm saying it's only a fallen man that needed salvation that needs salvation a perfect man didn't need salvation are you getting what i'm saying another was a perfect man neither god nor man we after adam we became fallen men we are nature men men fallen men but adam was neither god nor man the perfect man you know he never needed salvation and he was not saved are you getting what i'm saying man after the fall of adam needed salvation and needs salvation because due to the sin of adam we're made in other words we're conceived in sin by our parents david says that in psalm 51 verse 5 he says i was shaped in iniquity and in sin did my mother conceive me how was adam shaped? how was adam conceived how was adam made in the image and they're like the way you were made determines whether I need salvation or not. I get what I'm saying. Adam was made in the image and the likeness of God. He did not need salvation. Then there was is it he didn't need salvation, he didn't need to be saved. A perfect man made in the image and likeness of God. But after Adam, we were what? We we're shaped in iniquity. And we're considering sin. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yeah. <clears throat> if I let me tell you something, the fallen man cannot be classified as one made in the image and likeness of God. It's only the new creation that can begin to say, talk about the image and likeness of God. Are you getting what I'm saying? But the fallen man cannot go into that because it was for the it was for the perfect man. Are you getting me? That was for the perfect man. And when the perfect man fell, that identity was lost. It was redemption that brought us back that identity. Not just that identity, but it brought us that identity in a higher level because we now we're now giving the identity in Christ. Are you getting what I'm saying? Who is God? Adam was in that God no man, but the new creation is God. Are you getting what I'm saying? He is a God. Are you getting what I'm saying? He is in God. The Bible says he will live and move and have our being. Are we together? Amen. Praise God forevermore. Now, so when Adam sinned, he took the nature of the devil, and due to the fact that there was no redemption, that there was no salvation package from him, for him, the Holy Spirit separated from his spirit. That's how the Holy Spirit separated. Are you, do you understand why now? Because there was no salvation package for him. There was no redemption package for him. Why? He was made a perfect man. Salvation is for what? The fallen man. 
So if you look at us and Adam, you ask, who did God love most? <laughs> so let's say what God just set up Adam, use Adam to set set up Adam just for our salvation. He didn't set up Adam anyway. Adam made his choice. Are you getting what I'm saying? Adam made his choice. <laughs> Adam made his choice. But God in his own side knew Adam would make that choice. Because of our salvation. And there was no salvation plan for Adam. Because perfect man could not be saved. Remember when the angels sinned against God, there was no salvation for them. Salvation is only made for fallen man. Not for angels. Not for cherubs and cherubs, cherubim and seraphim. Not for God. Are you get what I'm saying? Not for perfect man. Only for fallen man. And so we look at ourselves, and that's why they said, What is man that thou art mindful of? And the son of man that thou visited him. For thou hast crowned him with glory and honor. The same glory that Adam fell from. The nature of God. The nature of holiness. The nature of righteousness. The glory comprised of that. Thou hast crowned him. Glory and honor. And has made him a little lower than Elohim. Yet he's lower than Elohim. Yes. But why are you so mindful of him? Why was he the one you did salvation plan for? Why did you choose to make a perfect man that messed up so that the fallen man can get salvation? That's why the song says, Amazing Lord, how can this be that thou, my Lord, should die? For me, you see, I called somebody there and I said, This teaching is going to be very exciting. He said, I will call my son because when I prepared, I just prepared, but I knew that some things will come. Many of the things I'm saying are not in there, some of them are not in the notes, but we're just flowing. Mm. What is man that you make a perfect man to fall? You make a perfect man and know he will fall. And he fell just because the fallen man needs to be saved. What am I that you are mindful of me? <laughs> Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah. So the Holy Spirit separated from Adam when he was saved. But there was no redemption plan. There was no salvation plan for him. So the only solution was separation. The solution was separation. <clears throat> salvation is what glues the Holy Spirit to us, whether, whether we like it or yes, or whether he likes it or yes. But when there's no salvation, the Holy Spirit, you see, the Holy Spirit just, just okay. And don't forget, even in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit is the only command. He settles on them, they prophesy, and he leaves back because why? Nothing, Jeremy and you, to stay with each other. <laughs> you have not entered redemption yet. So why we David and John the Baptist enjoy a taste of redemption? That's why David asked that question. He's a revelation of the... David was a physical revelation of the mercy of God. Because what was not meant for his age, 
thousands of years before his age, he enjoyed it. It's only mercy that can do that. Yes. That's why it's called the show mercies of David. Why? He tasted the life of the new creation as an old creation. He enjoyed what the, the salvation of the new creation. Why still an old? Why? That's why he has the question. He doesn't have the answer. He has the question. He has gone to get the answer. <laughs> what is man that thou art mindful of and the son of man that thou visited him? Because he could ask that question because he understood this thing I'm teaching now. That the only the fallen man has redemption. Uh, only the fallen man was redemption plan made for. Only the fallen man was salvation made for. The first man, Adam, he was not, he was created as a perfect man. He could not be saved. There was no salvation plan for him. The Holy Ghost had to separate from him. Atonement was made over the years. I get what I'm saying, but it was not the final atonement. So what is this funny man that thou, for David to? It was only David who made that statement. Isaiah did not make it. Jeremiah did not make it because some of them had the taste of the new creation life. And it was mercy that backdated. It was mercy that backdated what was meant to happen about two thousand years ahead to what two thousand years before and made one man enjoy it. Only one man. God is a God of one man. Made one man enjoy it. And people were wondering, why is this guy's life like this? Because he was living thousands of years ahead of them. <laughs> they say, well, when he asked that question, what is man and that? People were wondering, why is this guy asking this question? They did not understand that he was living a life that they would have loved to live. He was living the life that I'm living today. And he was asking God, why did you choose to make the fallen man enjoy salvation and the first man could not even have it you made a perfect man some of us have longed to be like adam but i tell you the fallen man that is redeemed is better than the first man that fell yes <laughs> glory to god forevermore hallelujah, hallelujah to jesus Amen. oh these are the things that makes us just celebrate god's redemptive work praise god forevermore hallelujah, hallelujah to jesus Amen. Right now, so this was what you see the Holy Spirit separated from Adam. Are you getting what I'm saying? And this was what all humans from Adam to the last man at the end of the Old Testament experience, apart from who David and John the Baptist. <laughs> Even John the Baptist, you know, enjoyed like the way David enjoyed it. Only how many years John the Baptist lived 30, about 34 years. Early years, he started shouting. <coughs> he was older than Jesus six months now. Thirty-two, thirty-three years, eh? And he was just shouting the wilderness, shouting the wilderness, shouting the wilderness, shouting the wilderness. <laughs> but David was exploring the 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 the, the, the benefit of the new creation. He was exploring it, exploring mercy, exploring grace. He explored grace, so he explored mercy. Are you get what I'm saying? Yeah. He understood it more than John the Baptist. He understood the person of having the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit more than even John the Baptist. Because the Holy Spirit is not just there to speak through us or to make us speak for God. The Holy Spirit is there to fellowship with us. And David, who else had fellowship like David? How many Psalms are written? They came from fellowship. The Lord said unto my Lord, Sit on my right hand until I make the enemy. Hey, Galabarada, but John the Baptist, 
See, he didn't understand those dimensions. So the Lord said unto my Lord, John Bassi, I'm the voice of one saying, Prepare the way of the Lord, make straight his path. I'm not the life, but I'm set to bear witness of the life. That's good, beautiful. But he knows that John Bassi did not say, The Lord said unto my Lord, Sit on my right hand until I make the enemies die. No, no, John Bassi did not enter those dimensions. That was the dimension of after the resurrection. John the Baptist is not entered there. He, 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 he didn't even get close there. David surpassed John the Baptist. And I said, what is man? <laughs> right. Praise God forevermore. Now, due to the fact that the provision for redemption was yet to be made physical in the Old Testament, man had to relate with God via sacrifices and making atonement for his own sins. From, it started from Adam. And you see, that's why we, I made us understand, we, we understood that the the sacrifice, the, Jesus is a final sacrifice. Are you getting what I'm saying? That has been made for us. And atonement has been made for us. Are you getting what I'm saying? So that's why we don't raise altars in the New Testament. We are the altar. You see, your spirit is the altar. And then he says, present your body as a word, living sacrifice. The Bible says, broken and the contrary, um, um, that, that, that is what the Lord desires as, as a sacrifice. You, your spirit is this altar. Present your body as a living sacrifice. Sir. Stop looking for altars here and there. You see, I'm making altar in your house, making altar in your room, making altar. I'm not against those who do that. You understand? Know, that's the level of faith. Continue, no problem. But, sir, that's Old Testament. Are we together? Yes. For the new creation, we have received God's great salvation, which is eternal. Christ Jesus was the once and final sacrifice and atonement for our sins, which has sealed us eternally with the Holy Spirit to the day of redemption. That's a job. Are you getting what I'm saying? Now, Hebrews 5 verse 9, it says, And being made perfect, he became the author of eternal salvation unto all them that obey him. Salvation is eternal from God's perspective. Are you getting what I'm saying? And it is to all that what? Obey him. Now, so if you do not obey God, you that salvation that is eternal is not to you. Mm. Mm. Unto all them that <laughs> so if you don't obey God, the eternal salvation is not to you. Those of them that shatter eternal security, eternal security, eternal salvation, don't obey God. It's not unto you. <laughs> Keep disobeying God, it's not unto you. It's on let's complete it. It's unto all them that what? <laughs> let's let's read it to where it's eternal, though. It's eternal. But there's a condition. Unto all them that obey God. If you don't obey God, it's eternal, it remains eternal for the Lord. But it's not unto you yet. It becomes unto you when you want. It's as simple. John 3 16. For God so loved the world that he what? Gave his only because of that whosoever exactly believe it. You know what? Pray with that. So if God loved the world and he said he gave the, he gave his only because of the Lord. And you don't believe. You say God has given his son already. Jesus has died. So because Jesus died, whether I believe or I don't believe, I'll go to heaven. Brother, when you see yourself in here, you remember that we taught you that we are just wasting your time. The finish work of Christ is done, but it's only what appropriated by those who what receive and believe. The eternal salvation of God is done, but it's only unto them that obey God. Simple. Is Bible we read. Okay, all right. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Many people don't like this aspect, but it's the truth. Hebrews 2 verse 3. 
says, How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation, which at first, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him? So great salvation. So salvation is not only eternal, it is what? Great. God cannot make such a great and eternal thing for us to make a waste of it. I get what I'm saying. God cannot make such a great and eternal thing for us to trample on it. God cannot make such a great and eternal thing for us to, to rubbish it. So the understanding of uh, uh, salvation is eternal and I can live as I like so long as I've said Jesus I receive you and that's all. Yeah, let me start living as I like. You are trying to rubbish the great and eternal salvation which God will not allow. Amen to Jesus. And then Ephesians 4 verse 30 says, And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. So, the salvation is eternal, it is great, and the Holy Spirit is the seal of salvation, a permanent seal unto the day of redemption. Are you getting what I'm saying? So, with this, it makes salvation an eternally secured job from the path of God. The salvation that Jesus did for us is eternally secured by his finished work and by the seal of the Holy Spirit. It's eternally secured. Now, but we would only receive this eternal security when we believe, receive, when we believe in the finished work of Christ, receive him as our Lord and personal Savior. Are we together? And obey. 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 If we believe and receive and we don't obey, it's not complete. It's not the, the deal of the finished work. We have not accepted it totally. It's like saying, God, I give you my room. Leave the remaining places for me. You are not giving it up. Okay. God is either God of all not, or not God at all in our lives. So is it that we choose to make him Lord of all or not make him Lord at all? Amen. You see, most of the time when we talk about this eternal security, people don't always come to this aspect of obey. You know what I'm saying? You know, when I was even preparing, I didn't even read it like that. So I was teaching now, as I saw it obey, I said, hey, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. This is what I would like to teach this thing and bring this perspective to. You are not obeying when I say eternal security. Can a person lose his identity? If you are a son, can you lose your DNA? Eh? It's by force you lose your DNA. You have the DNA, no problem, but you say, I want to walk and leave house. You walk and leave house. You left the house. You've left your father. You say, because I will not obey. You only appropriate the, bless, the, the blessing of eternal salvation when you what? Receive and obey. Now, as a result of God's grace and eternal salvation we have received, if we sin, the Holy Spirit does not separate from our spirit man like he did to Adam. I get what I'm saying. Why? Because it's an issue of nature. Adam was a perfect man. Fell from the nature of God, the glory of God, into the nature of the devil. You get what I'm saying? Now, the new creation has received the nature of God. Now, he now has the nature of God in him. When Adam fell from the nature of God, the nature of the devil, the spirit of God separated. That was the solution. Because there was no salvation and redemption, you know, planned for Adam. Are you getting what I'm saying? Now, but the salvation and redemption plan has been done for us. Now, so when we receive the salvation and redemption plan of God, of, of God for us, which is eternal, are you getting what I'm saying? Now, when we see the Holy Spirit knows that he is our seal to redemption. So what does he do? He doesn't separate from our spirit man. He remains with our spirit man. Are you getting what I'm saying? But what happens is that he remains dormant, quiet, or even grieved. 
and that's not good for us. Some Christians have died untimely because they kept they, they suppressed the Holy Spirit, kept shut him up, kept him quiet, made him dormant, made him just sit down there and don't don't get involved in my life, and he died untimely. Are you getting what I'm saying? Some of them have run into losses. They don't. They've suffered a lot of things because they, kept, they, 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 they grieved the Holy Spirit. They kept him dumb and they kept him quiet. They told him not get involved in, our, in my life here. Yeah. I get what I'm saying. He will live, but he's there. But it's not good for you because the kind of life you believe in, you would rather pray that you get back in communication line. Your life will be so miserable. I get what I'm saying. The Holy Spirit never leaves the saints, except the saint chooses to leave the Holy Spirit by leaving the faith. And how do you leave the faith? Habitual disobedience. Remember, obey. And be made perfect. He became the author of eternal salvation unto all them that what? Obey him. When you now have a habitual life of disobedience, disobedience is sin now. Are you getting what I'm saying? You have told this people, right? I don't need you again. I've left the faith. And we have people say, Can you leave the faith? Can you lose your DNA? We heard the story of a particular man who was a pastor in a church for many years. And at the age of 40, he said, um, Since there are voices that are speaking to him. So now at the age of 40, he left the pastor and I say, he wants, to be, he wants to go and fulfill his destiny. I want his destiny to go and be the chief priest in his village. That one is born again, Abi. No, no, those that say, can you lose your journey? That one is born again, Abi. If that's the case, all of us will just, everybody will just go and be serving the devil and believing for the devil and say they are, because once born again, forever born again, God is forcing salvation on you. You have that eternal and great salvation that Jesus wrought with his blood. He will not allow you rubbish it with your words. Continuous obedience, sir. Are you what I'm saying? Obey! No, this thing will not leave you, but you can leave him. And this thing is, this, what portrays this point, even it, it comes from the Old Testament. That says, draw nigh to God. And then, sorry, it's not the Old Testament, James was speaking. He said, draw nigh to God, and he will what? Draw nigh to you. He says, draw nigh. Why? Because he knows that we are the ones that have been drawing far. We are the ones who, do, who, who, who slide back, drawing far from God. The cares of the world, the troubles of life, will making us draw far. Draw far. To one day we realize, hey! God is now 100,000 kilometers away from me. God, how do I draw now? God will say, I've been standing in one position since I've been the one sliding back since. What do we call backsliding most of the time? It is the care of the world that are making us just draw far from God. And then God says, I've been staying here, but you are the one who have been going far. He says, so what God, how do I? God say you can start back coming back one step at a time. I know he says, draw nigh to him and enjoy. It's not that he now comes near as you are coming here. No, actually, you are coming here and you get nearer to him. That's all. It's on that grounds you can receive the devil and the free. Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah to Jesus. Now, so these are things we need to understand. We need to really understand these things. Continuous habitual disobedience makes us what? It makes us lead the Holy Spirit. And we say, okay, Holy Spirit, I don't want you again. I don't want this relationship. I'm tired. If it's okay, I'll be here quiet, waiting for you to. To, active, to, to come to talk back to me, but you say you want to go back to the world. 
you want to become you want to lead the life of Christ and you want to become a sinner again. What will I do? Alright. Till you are ready to come back. Any day you are ready to come back, I will keep calling on you. Are you get what I'm saying? Don't forget the Bible said um, in Joseph about two verses, I'll pour my spirit upon all flesh. Now we understand something. Now when God says we pour the spirit upon all flesh, I'm just going to different areas. All flesh means everything that has flesh. Are you get what I'm saying? Means both animals that have flesh, fishes that have flesh, animal beings that have flesh. Since I'll pour my spirit upon all, upon the outpouring of the Holy Spirit comes upon. Are you get what I'm saying? But the indwelling is different. Are you get what I'm saying? Now, when Jesus told the disciples before, in, in, I think it was Matthew, he said, receive the Holy Spirit, bring it upon them. They didn't speak in tongues that day. Are you get what I'm saying? That was when Joel 2, verse 28, manifested physically on them. He was poured on them at that moment, but they had not received the infilling. What actually happened in Acts chapter 2 was the infilling. He not resided because Jesus told them, receive the Holy Spirit. He had not died and resurrected. Again, you get what I'm saying? But now when he died and resurrected, he had allowed the Comforter to come and now take the place of what? Paracletus. So what happened? The Spirit now seated in. Now sat in. Now, so what happened is that when a child of God, due to habitual disobedience, um, 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 separates from the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit lifts from within to on. Because let me tell you something. The Bible says the Holy Spirit convict the word of sin, right? Now, how will he convict the word? Because he has been poured on all, that is why he can convict the world. Are you going to say? So the Holy Spirit is still on, 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 on. The, even the only by the Holy Spirit is on him. It's on his head. So it's not that this thing we see. Uh, people say the Holy Spirit is on me. Spirit, no, no, no. With the new creation, the Holy Spirit is not on us. The Holy Spirit is in us, in the wedding. Are you going to say? Now, so when you separate from the Holy Spirit, what happens is that he now lives from within, in dwelling, to now come on. Are you getting me? And what does he come on at that point doing? He's convicting, convicting, convicting. For the sinner, the Holy Spirit convicts the sinner, the world, of righteousness, judgment, and judgment. Are you getting what I'm saying? But the, the born-again Christian, the, the new creation, the Holy Spirit, what? The Holy Spirit comforts and teaches. Are you getting what I'm saying? Praise God. Now, so on the inside, he's comforting you. He's your standby. He's your teacher. Are you getting what I'm saying? Now, but when you say you are tired, you want to separate from what happened. He have not, you have not changed his role from the real role of, from the role of what he, who he is to the born again, which was the comforter. You have not changed him to be what? To the what? Convictor. From comforter to what? Convictor. So at that point, you've now, re, you have now baptized yourself to sinners uh, before you're born again. So now he now has to start convicting you. Of righteousness, sin, and judgment. Again, what you were doing before you got born again. Because you have carried the perpetual disobedience lifestyle. Are you know what I'm saying? But the moment you the conviction hits your your spirit man once again that is dead towards God. Maybe somebody's praying for you. Uh -huh. What happens? And you say, Oh Lord, I'm sorry, and you receive it. Sharply you just come back and into us again and it begins to comfort again. These things we need to understand it. They say, the Holy Spirit is on me. No, born again, the Holy Spirit is not used in you. So we ask questions. So we close. We close. We close. The Holy Spirit is in you. It's not on you. Okay. All right. Let's just read Hebrews 13, verse 5. We should close. We should, we should close. 
Hebrews 13, verse 5. It says, Let your conversion be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. For he has said, I will never leave thee, nor. So he has said, If you will never leave, nor forsake you. He will never. That is only will never. But you can choose to leave or forsake it. Are you get what I'm saying? To leave or forsake it, he lives from within to on. Waiting for you to do what? To allow him come back within again. Convicting, waiting for you to carry him back as what? Comforter. Okay. So this understanding derived thus far is to keep the new creation sense, spirit conscious, and this makes him via his human spirit attentive and in tune to the Holy Spirit, sensitive, spiritually conscious, alert, and discerning. See, doing all of this entails worship. Worship in the spirit is a daily business for sense, which is more than just singing songs and hymns. When we are true worshippers, we can easily, number one, live and walk in the spirit with our human spirit. It's our human spirit to do that too. Galatians 5 verse Galatians 5 verses, we live, if we live in the spirit, let us walk in the spirit. Are you getting what I'm saying? The spirit there is capital letter in the Holy Spirit, but it's our human spirit that now works in the Holy Spirit. Alright. Then we can also what live in and by the word of God, which is spirit and life. John 6 verse 30 says, It is the spirit that quickeneth. The flesh profited nothing. The word that I speak unto you, they are what? Spirit and they are life. And then we can live focused on eternal unseens. Second Corinthians 4 verse what, 18 says, Why we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen? For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. And then finally, we can live in and by the truth who is Jesus. This is where we now worship in what? Truth. It says, Jesus said unto them, I am the way, the truth, and the light. No one cometh unto the Father. Than me, all of this comprise worshiping in the spirit, which the new creation was created to do daily. Questions, amen. One of we believe you were blessed listening to this teaching from God's Word. May your soul remain ever refreshed and revived. We would love to hear your praise report today. Beloved, remain connected to Grace Life Comey Podcast. Jesus is Lord.